three friends and the apocalypse. Yay. We do a question? Normally we, I don't know. <laughs> this month has been like a whirlwind. It's I true. don't even know what happened this month. <laughs> um, a hurricane that was supposed to be a hurricane. Oh yeah. Ended up you in a tropical some. storm. Yeah. You got it. We had some wind and some rain. Yeah. You guys, like how often do you guys get tropical storms up there? Very often. The last time, yeah, the last time we got something tropical was Hurricane Sandy. Was that tropical? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know which direction it came from. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. Um, but other than that, we don't really get tropical storms. We get lots of like rain and mm -hmm. humidity just by being on, you know, near the side of the continent. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we don't we don't have to do a question this month. Mm -hmm. We okay. can just get started. We can just get into it. Let's get started. So it was it was my turn to recommend the book this month. Um, so I guess I'll introduce it. So we read the fifth season, which is by N.K. Jemison, and she is the only author to win three consecutive Hugo Awards, like oh, yeah. one for each year for best novel. Um, and so it's for this series, the fifth season. Um, yeah, and so that's why I wanted to read it because I knew that this was like, these were like really like amazing books. And I was like, oh, how's it gonna be? Um, and she has like, she's like a pretty prolific writer, um, yeah. which is something like I really like, it, especially in sci-fi authors. I always feel like, you know, sci-fi authors who have a lot of writing have like a real grasp of how to make a, I mean, obviously how to make a good book. Um, but she's also like written for magazines and she does short stories. Um, yeah. And so that's why I chose this book. I heard a lot about it. Um, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> I loved this book. Um, one of my other favorite like science fiction or weird fiction authors is China Mielville. And this book, kind of reminded me of the feeling I get when he read, when I read his stuff. Um, so it made me really excited to like go and read more of her things. Like I, I have the next book in the series now also. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's kind of an intro to the book. Um, I guess I can, oh, the back of it doesn't really give like a great summary, but yeah. it's about, well, are we gonna, us, spoilers. Yeah, it's about a woman. <laughs> it's about, oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Right. It's a, yeah. So um, yeah, it's about a woman, um, and kind of like this alternate type of Earth, where the Earth is very unstable and it like constantly opens up and like terrible like terrible weather events happen throughout the history of this planet and there's many civilizations. And in the book, we follow a woman who is an orogen. Orogen. I never realized how to pronounce it. Um, I, I was listening, I was I listening to an audiobook and it said origin, but then okay. when I read it, it, I thought of it as like origin. So. But basically, if you can like, there's, there's a group of people on this planet who can feel and like react to and control aspects of the earth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like an intro to the book. Um, why don't we start with, what did you guys, how did you guys feel about it when you were reading it? 
were your impressions? I read a good read review that was I was like that's exactly how I felt. They were like oh. I liked it, but I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I felt um sometimes. In the beginning I was just so confused. I knew that she was doing the world building part, but mm-hmm. my stupid brain like I can't hold on to like, you know, what this is, like, what, what is an origin? Like, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, someone needs to write it down, give me the definitions. So um, I had to use a website to, like, summarize each chapter for me throughout the whole book. So that was my only, like, stickler, which was that I liked it, but sometimes I really did not know what was going on, and I forgot a lot of concepts, and I was like, okay, this is happening, all right, um, cool. So that's, that's my first impression of the book. Um, I mean, I also like the story. I like the book. Um, I found the writing very interesting, um, especially the way it would shift, because um, there's like different perspectives and some kind of different writing styles are employed depending on the perspective, obviously. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting. Um, it, was, it, was, it was pretty brutal for me, like emotionally <laughs> at times. Mm. I was just like, wow, this hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. But I guess that's just like a testament to um, to this author's ability to like world build in. Because like one of the things I like really enjoy about fantasy or sci-fi is how realistic and relatable it feels towards like all world problems so it's like doesn't matter if there's magic or aliens or it doesn't matter it's like you see a lot of your own world and the problems the problems that just exist with humanity if humanity's there so mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it nice nice also i just want to let you know that um i also like my mom i gave it to my mom to read and um, she like reads a book every Saturday, basically. And she read the book in two days. And that's how much she liked it. So I also made my dad read it. Oh my God. <laughs> the whole family. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. Oh, but like, one of, like with that like feeling of reading it um, and how much I f- it, hurt, it like hurt at times too. I feel like one of the strongest emotions that like for me that affects me when I read something or when I watch something is like feelings of injustice Mm. in like situations when you're reading something and you're like, no, this isn't right. This isn't fair. Um, And she communicated that so well where you, you like, you felt like I was like this, like I have real investment in the injustice of this world. And like, this shouldn't, this shouldn't be it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this doesn't know. Um, so I thought that was particularly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to address, like, your thing, Annie, about, like, they kind of, like, how she kind of just jumped in and, like, you didn't understand things. Yeah. That's something that I think that's, like, being able, if you read more stuff, like, if you read more, like, China Miaville also does this, where it's kind of, like, what I like once you get used to it is, like, that you get to, like, discover the world in bits and pieces and when things click you're like, oh, now I understand the way this works. And it's like, mm-hmm. like reading about, yeah, like, like actually discovering like a new culture or a new society, I think is very cool. Yeah. Um, so like, I really love the book. And there were some things that like, I read it and I was like, oh, I wish this could have been a bit different too. Like, 
I when I felt like you, Elba, I was reading it and I was like, just I was like doing like mystery solving. <laughs> I was like, wait, I know how this is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So like, I wish that I wish she and there were parts where I was like, oh, I wish she could have like been a bit more like subtle about this, like mm. in how all of spoiler alert, how all like it was the same point. Like I felt yeah. like I d- I realized too early same. that they were all the same person. <laughs> Like immediately after meeting all of them, I'm like, oh, so this is the same person, isn't it? This yeah. Just- yeah. <laughs> like- oh, wait, so we should give like a brief like uh, explanation, which is that, like you said, it's about a woman, right? But we're not aware that it's uh, only, the story's only about one woman. Yeah. But rather we're presented with three different characters. Um, if you, The names are Demaya, Cyanite, Cyanite, and Essen. And Essen's mm-hmm. the first woman to show up. And only yeah. until like maybe 80% of the book do you realize that they're all the same person at different points of their lives. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the would... towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like me I... and Hattie, you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was reading, um, yeah, but like I said, I was, I was reading, I was like, what? damn, I wish I could have like not known. <laughs> Because there were points, like, where I was like, oh, that's when I was supposed to realize, like, when she felt the pain in her hand. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is when I was supposed to realize. <laughs> and I, so that was a little, like, I wish it could have been a, done, like, more, I don't know, subtly or something. But beyond that, you know, the, because I also think it would have been really interesting if there were different characters. <laughs> it would have yes. been cool. But, you know, it, it wasn't what she was trying to communicate to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I feel like because I like read it right through and I just kind of like went along for the ride, I didn't like dissect a lot of it. I just like let it take me. Yeah. Um, but do you guys have any like things that jumped out to you or like, yeah, any, any like themes, any style of the writing that you felt like was successful or unsuccessful or what? Um, well, before we go into like writing styles and, and themes, mm because uh, I lost my notes, but like, before we go into that, and uh, you were talking about like your reading experience of the book. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said is so true about, especially like fantasy novels, that if you were to like, just let yourself like go into this world, then probably you would hold on to the characters more. Um, whereas I was like so confused and I had to use like a summary uh to figure out what was going on again i told you like it's not because of her it's because of my brain i can't like you know hold on to bits of information about new worlds and be like okay this makes sense i i know you said that you felt like really emotionally invested in the characters but i feel like the odd person out and where like i i didn't feel like that i just thought okay this is happening okay i'll I'll keep reading (laughs) so um that's only my reading experience, but in terms of themes, like one thing that I really liked was the theme of like family and creating a family that's not necessarily the one you were born with, but like the one that you choose, that I really loved. And also I really did like the idea of creating new different races. We can talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess reading experience wise, I mean, I'm probably between you two since I didn't like um I didn't like read it just as quickly as Hallie did, um, so so like I just had like more breaks. Um, I read like a bit, 
almost um, every day for like the week or four days or whatever, however long it took me to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like in between, like I, at first, I, not that I had trouble um, um, being invested in the characters. It's more like since we're like put into different places in time, there was like a battle for okay, who do I want to hear from the most? Mm-hmm. So obviously at first you, you kind of latch on to the, the first person you meet, Essen, you know, mm-hmm. in the future, the apocalypse is just happening. <laughs> it's the beginning. <laughs> and he's like, where's my daughter? <laughs> my son's dead. Where's my daughter? I have to go find her. And then you like jump to the other perspectives and you're like, but what happened? <laughs> like, go back. Um, yes. But then, of course, as you read on, and then obviously, as I figured out, it was the same person. I was like, okay, this is like our way to really learn a lot about her and how she got to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you get invested in all of the characters. Um, so by the middle of it, I was just like, I wasn't um, turned off or whatever by the switching of perspectives. Because switching of perspectives is always like a thing for me. I'm just like either. I'm for it or I'm not for it. Or it takes me a while to get to um to kind of like it or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always yeah. Oh sorry for interrupting, but I felt like yeah, it really does depend on the book because depending on the book, if you switch too much, the reader gets like kind of they're jarred. They're like, okay, I was just reading this and now I'm like starting something completely new. Mm-hmm. But um, in this case, since it was, it felt kind of like the reason why she switched was to increase tension but also bring the story forward so i'm like that's fine i like that yeah yeah, yeah. i was listening to um game of thrones also and they do that like perspective shift but they're actually a bunch of char- different characters and that's when i like to compare it it was like there were definitely there are definitely like characters in game of thrones where i'm like i don't care about what this person has to say <laughs> uh <laughs> like i just want to go back to what so-and-so is doing but Mm. in this book all of it like it seemed like each perspective was advancing the plot in different ways Mm -hmm. so like some were more describing how like origins were viewed in society like when she was younger and then in the middle it kind of described the way that she interacted with the world once she was kind of let on like a long leash by this organization Mm. and kind of the way that you know, uh, Alabaster, oh, he was interesting, he was so interesting, and the other kinds of, like, societies that exist, and then, like, uh, Essen, I felt, was more, like, we personally learned about her, like, interior life, and the way that this world had, those, like, conditions had shaped her, so I felt it was, like, a good, like, it ended up being a very good way to do it. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think of, like, the side characters? Who are you interested in, like, what were your views? Um, I mean, all of the side characters are, like, really interesting, especially since there are a lot of side characters are just, like, I don't know what you're about. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get you completely yet. Um, like, uh, uh, like, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it was Hoya? I don't know how you pronounce oh. it. He's not <laughs> I think a kid. It's Hoa. He's probably a kid. Yeah, Hoa. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, 
so what are you doing here? I mean, towards the end, we find out, like, why he's he appeared, but you still don't know exactly, like, what the implications are and what's going forward. Because, like, one of the, a lot of questions are answered, but one of, like, the biggest questions that aren't, that isn't answered is, what are the stone eaters doing? Like, what, what are they up to now that this apocalypse has been um, engineered by, yeah. by basically yeah. them in Alabaster, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really end up learning that much about stone eaters, like, by yeah. the end of the book, either. That's why it's a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good thing. It, it is a good thing. It keeps you interesting and it doesn't mm-hmm. overload you with a lot of information. Like the yeah. guardians, they're just a disturbing mystery to be solved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. disturbing mystery of all. And okay, side characters like her guardian, mm-hmm. he really put me through a roller coaster of emotion. What was yeah. his name? Like Shafa, Shafa, Shafa. Yeah, I was so, just. Oh, wait, can you explain what a guardian is? For, oh, okay. Yeah, an yes. origin. Mm-hmm. Um, an, a guardian is someone of origin descent. So, like, your parents were origin, but you were not born with that power. Mm-hmm. But because you're a descendant, um, there's this operation that the government, whatever, can do on you to turn you into something that they call the guardian. So, yeah. you have basically the power to negate the power of origins. And also... They can kind like of track them, too. Yeah, the power to track them. And do we even more things that we haven't even scratched the surface yeah like there's just this one disturbing one where we find out that if a specific type of guardian touches you yeah they can basically turn, turn your, power your powers against inwards you. yeah yeah, and yeah. You it, basically yeah and i'm just like ew <laughs> <laughs> and they always smile which is also disturbing yeah. I was like, yeah. like clearly it like they're like some they're either like weirdly indoctrinated or like they do something to their brains oh, they to make do. them like oh for sure i mean there are microchips they talk about microchips though. yeah they talk about the microchips but like we don't know if like the way they perceive like order genes and the way they act on them like smiling all the time and being like yeah. very gentle but also very like terrifying yeah is because oh, I... of like they yeah. were in like they were born and like raised this way mm-hmm. or if like it actually messes with their brains yeah right that's why Shaka was so such oh, a. Oh, he was so terrifying. Character. Yeah. When when he. Yes, he's yeah. Terrifying. No. But also, yeah. you're very confused because of the, like this gentleness and. Yeah. His, and it's presented as like this genuine gentleness and this mm-hmm. genuine care right. and love, for Damaya, which is just even more confusing. Yeah. Yeah. These awful things to her, and he's. <laughs> I mean. Supporting yeah. this this awful like organization and making her believe indoctrinating her you know in their own way mm-hmm. that like you aren't a person and mm-hmm. i have to do this to you right it's just, uh, so twisted so twisted yeah because like everywhere else that would be read as like abuse you know it's just like this person is taking like control over you like emotionally like physically <laughs> and is deciding your future for you night eventually realizes that like the uh the training that she did at the fulcrum which is sort of like a would you call it a school where the training. Where, where the yeah where the origins get ultra clear where they get trained she realizes that you know there is some power to to that training and to focusing your energy and to be able to like do really interesting things with her powers but mm-hmm. like her growing up into that 
relationship, like not, I wouldn't call it a relationship, but having a guardian like that just really put me off. But I knew that like, it was important to have him there to show that the Imperial power never thought of origins as like people, but just as tools. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the characters obviously like aren't black and white, but like there are some like who you can see are like genuinely like like alabaster even though he's like super powerful he's 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 like on god level yeah but you still like you feel that he's a good person even even though he caused this like tragedy to happen like this incredible catastrophe you can still feel that he's like a good person who's been hurt mm-hmm. um and like you we obviously like sympathize with um our main character Essen Cyanite Demaya, even though she also does things that are questionable, but like you know, like oh, we're supposed to feel this way about this person, but like him, you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. yeah, makes him so like interesting. And these other like you want to know like what happened to Alabaster's guardian? Yes, <laughs> like <laughs> something happened to her, and maybe really he did know. something to her, but. Oh, he definitely I definitely did something to her. I did want to talk about like the ending of the book. Mm-hmm. So maybe I didn't read it too clearly, but uh, like in the end, it seemed like Alabaster was the one moving around the, uh, what are they called? The amethyst obelisk. Yeah. And so these obelisks are just things of like enormous power, but they're, they tend to come to origins who can wield them. Yeah, but I think only specific ones go to specific origins. Yeah. Okay. And so what was Alabaster, like, what was he doing? That's my question, because I was lost. Like, what? was he, in the end, it was like, um, Alabaster was smiling at Cyanite, and Cyanite says, oh, he's not, or Essen, he's like, he's not crazy. He's been, he knows what he's doing. And it's alluded that, like, he's been doing something for the past, like, however many years. I, I, I don't think we figured it out. I mean, I think he used that, like, the 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 obelisks to, like, to take their power to make the rift. I think beyond that, like, we don't know what, like, the, like we don't know anything about the obelisks, except that all this has something to do with the moon. Yeah. Oh, moon okay. that they don't have. They don't have a moon? No. I mean, yeah. I mean, we never <laughs> never mentioned the moon. I mean, okay. they, they, they rarely mention celestial, like, yeah. Stuff, because no one's really looking up at the sky as <laughs> they always yeah. the ground. There's one, one yeah. of, like, the poetry sections, or not the poetry, like, the, the ancient, like, texts I have in the book. One of them talks about, like, it says, like, they looked up in the sky and they never realized what they didn't have. Mm. And they're talking about the moon. Like, they don't have a moon in their sky. Oh, okay. Um, but there are other objects in the sky, which I'm guessing is a satellite. I mean, the objects in the sky are, as you said, the, the obelisks. Yeah. They're, oh, they're the obelisks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't I mean, ever talk about stars or anything. I mean, they do talk about stars. Oh, they do? Oh, right. In, the... but in like, a very normal way. Like a, yeah. Like, Wait, Hallie, are you preparing your breakfast? <laughs> I, well, I, I like had black tea, but I hadn't haven't had enough to eat. So you know, like the tannins kind of made me nauseous. So I have to eat something. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Um. So <laughs> that's cool. So the obelisk. Um. Again, we don't really know 
anything or too much about it, except mm-hmm. that the things are in the sky. They they will contribute to this season slash apocalypse that's happening throughout the story. And uh, there are origins like our main character who have bonded with one and can harness their energy um, to to use to use with their to use with their powers. Mm-hmm. So other than that, we don't know. Mm-hmm. From like the last sentence, I got that when she was like, "Oh, he's not crazy." I just thought that meant more like he's obviously a man that's been unhinged throughout the story and broken emotionally. And mm-hmm. so, like the the last sentence was kind of like, "Okay, even though he's been through all of this, he is still his his actions are still intentional." That's what I thought that meant. It was kind of like he's not crazy. He didn't just on a whim decide to start the apocalypse. This is like, no, this is a man with a plan. This is a man that is tired of the way the world is and he is about to destroy it to build another one. Okay. I mean, in the first, it's like in the first chapter, they, is it the first chapter? They like talk, they talk, we see him. Yeah, we see him destroy everything. What he's thinking, he's like, I think, does he refer to He's like now, like in hindsight, we know that um, he's talk. He like can feel all the other origins, and he wants to like free them. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's like part of his his thought process. Where is it? Yeah, his fellow slaves. He calls them. Mm-hmm. So I think we can see. Looking back on it, we and looking at like what we've seen of like the the nodes. Oh, oh that was so awful. That was, too much. That was so like that- we can like clearly see. <laughs> like where where his uh where his thought process was like even though he was kind of off his shit throughout the um book we know like what he's doing like what he's doing is his kind of justice in a certain way yeah it's the only thing he knows how to do to right the situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what else oh i really like the the development like, I thought the develop, I, I'm interested in seeing how, wait, in the next books, I'm, I hope we'll get to it, how Cyanite became Essen, like, how she got to where she is, because, like, she acts like a very different character, right? Like, and she does it on purpose, and she talks about how she's suppressing herself, but I'm interested to see, like, yeah, like, how did she just settle down with, like, some random man yeah. <laughs> and have kids? Like, why there? How did she end up there? We later learned that Cyanite had to effectively, like, um, uh, this sounds wrong, but, like, she had to kill her child in order for him not to be taken in to the fulcrum, uh, in her words, like, to be taken in as a slave, that it would be better to die than to survive. So, um, you know, when she, uh, you know, kills Corundum, Um, I thought that that would have, like, staved her off from, like, ever wanting to start a family again, and so I was really surprised. Like, I could understand Demaya turning into Cyanite, but I couldn't necessarily get that juncture of, like, Cyanite turning into Essen, and, like, I understood in the beginning, she's like, oh, I never should have, like, had them, like, the fault was entirely mine, um, to have these children, uh, so I don't know, maybe she was hoping that she would give birth to a stillness person um, since her husband wasn't an origin. Uh, I mean, 
Essence husband wasn't an origin. Mm -hmm. So um, it's more likely that her children would have turned out not origin uh, and therefore like not have her powers, but in the end they did. Um, yeah. So Which also probably like what starts the book is that her husband kills her son because yeah. he figures out that he's an origin, takes her daughter. And that's like why Essen is doing like moving the way she's moving. Okay, so to help Hallie clarify, Essen's husband, Jija, realizes that their son, Uche, uh, is an origin. And so he murders his son and takes along their daughter, who is called Nasen. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> you probably mentioned that's like the, actually like the first driving force of the story. Yeah, her. yeah. <laughs> it's no, like barely just... even the apocalypse. <laughs> No, I mean, like, my, 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 my concern was, like, I didn't really get, like, again, like, she said she had to change so much of her to become yeah. Essen. Like, oh, I just yeah. didn't, I yeah. didn't get that. I agree. I agree. Like, transition at all. And, like, what you said, it would have been cool to see, like, how that happened. And <laughs> <laughs> when we get of the book, she says, after that day, she spends two years just, like, wandering, and she says, the greatest depression, like, Mm -hmm. um grief that cannot be explained yeah and then that's when she decides to become essen she finds this man she settles down she says she only has kids because he wants kids and mm -hmm. probably to go along with this new lifestyle and this new personality who's supposed to be like a very junior woman you know fragile yeah blah 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 she goes along with it Maybe hoping that they will not become origin since her husband is not one. Um, and then she she lives there for ten years until her All child. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I don't know thing, if we'll get to see yeah. more of that in between mm -hmm. since since we skipped it mm -hmm. in, in this one. Right. Um, and she and and it's like a habit of like the author to not dwell too long on the happy bits as as per that interlude when she's like you know you 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 had a couple years of happiness we're not really gonna focus on that right now right i i thought that was so interesting because like i to me it's like i would have wanted to see that because i would have wanted to see like hold on to some of the good bits and that would have made like the worst bits more devastating right because he would have been like oh they're having such a good life and this and this is happening she's becoming a mother um but all of that was missing and i think that interlude does it come from essen that she's writing that like who's writing that interlude saying that um the happy happy parts are not what like that those are not what define us like the the, the sad tragic parts that's what really like that's what, know, that's what really shapes us as a as a person so if it's essen like you know trying to suppress like the happy times she had i don't know um i didn't really see that's trying to suppress the happy times but more like i mean besides just advancing the, the actual story it's kind of like those are the what sticks out in your life are the moments that really change everything and that's what we see we see all the moments that just change things on their head like Demaya we don't see Demaya for the first 10 years of her life or even the 10 years that she's training as origin we see her when she is taken in by the guardian and and, and that first year 
and that's how her life changes. And then as Cyanite is like, we don't see her be a four ringer doing whatever she's doing. It's like, no, when she meets Alabaster and she set off on a different course and she discovers mm-hmm. that the life she's living is a lie. Yeah. She isn't considered a person. She, no, she doesn't matter to the, to the world or to the society around her. Mm-hmm. It's all just a lie they tell themselves to bear with it, to bear with, to endure. Right. And again, with Essen, we don't see those 10 years where she was just raising her kids, living, right. being a teacher. Yeah. We see only her when her child is killed and how that propels her life. So I think the interlude is kind of just showing how we, we're really focusing on the life-changing moments, the things that, mm-hmm. that, that the turning points that right. just take life in a completely different direction. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that like everything that you just explained like uh those life-changing moments being like the ones that we want to actually write down and record because like if we're actually happy we won't write anything down so but at the same time it's like for me it's uh I like I want to emphasize that I really did like the book it's just that like I when I read through the characters because they were going through all this hardship, I didn't really see any, like the part where she became a mother, I actually would have been really interested to see her uh, like going through that process. Um, Just because it would have made me a little bit more, I don't know, again, emotionally invested in her child, but like I didn't get to see like the happy parts. And I think that like, if that's the case for me, I, like once they've like divided like the quote-unquote like normal parts of their lives where they're just doing everyday and then they go into battle or war or something really difficult uh I hold on to that person much more because I realize they have so much more to fight for um that like it's their life that they really miss whereas like the, the parts where we did get like I will say like we did get um parts of her relationship with Inan and Alabaster that were, were truly very happy. Mm-hmm. So like seeing that downfall was very like heartbreaking. Um, Yo, Inan? But like, I would have liked to have had like more of that. That's just like me as a reader. I would have liked to have seen, um, I would have liked to have seen Essen like, you know, being in a happy marriage somewhat happy marriage being with her mm-hmm. children and then having all this happen mm-hmm. that's just me as a reader like a preference I just can't like I'll be because I will like empathize if there is a character who has lost everything but I need to know what they've lost and you have to show me that instead of tell me that I get it yeah yeah but also going off of that I think maybe another reason why we don't really focus on the happy bits or, or like some of the happier moments because the characters themselves can't really um, hang on to those moments. Like, even when she's living with Ainan and Alabaster and her kid, mm-hmm. and they're happy, you see, like, her and Alabaster, like, we still can't let go of everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. They still talk about, like, their new life as something temporary, and they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why another reason, like, as the characters kind of like, yeah, things are good for now. We're just right. waiting. So that's probably why we don't settle into the life because they themselves are not settled. can't mm-hmm. settle in. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which is sad in a, in, a, in a different way. <laughs> it is sad. I think, you know, that's, I think that's like the more uh, like poignant part of this, which is that like, yeah, they're always on the brink of like, this is going to end. I can't enjoy this forever. Mm -hmm. um, and like most humans experience that, but they experience it like every other year. <laughs> so I, yeah. it does feel really bad. Um, I was going to say, I'm, I figure you guys might really like Inon, but my favorite character was um, Beanoff, if that's her oh, yeah. name. I really like them. Oh, Tonky. Tonky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love the way that circled back. <laughs> it was like, she was like, anyways, I've been stalking you. <laughs> 30 years? For the past three decades. Yeah. That's I nice. love like the little like child like relationship she had being off with uh, saying that when they were back in the fulcrum this being off um, again spoiler is not a uh, origin but rather like a really like some of them are really well-off family leadership. Um, leadership. leadership like the leadership, leadership. cast right and like um, her family ended up disowning her because uh, I mean you could call her like intersex now or perhaps like transgender but she was born with like, you know, different genitals to what she was. Anyway, we, we don't go into too much into that detail, but like she was disowned and then she had to like be calmless, which is just not having a, like a community behind her. And all this time she was <laughs> tracking, <laughs> uh, tracking someone she met like 30 years ago. So. Well, she was only calmless for the, like the last couple of years. Yeah. She, the, she was, even though her family disowned her, they they put her where she basically wanted to be, which was mm -hmm. to become an like innovator, like a basically kind of like a, a version of a scientist or engineer. Yeah. So she spent all those years like learning and trying to figure out mm -hmm. what the hell is up with those obelisks <laughs> and why the world is the way it is. Yeah. On, like a different. And then she she literally became like calmless or homeless just so that she could track her <laughs> the last couple of years. She's like, where did she go? Let me do this myself. Yeah. Do this myself. Yeah. Which is just, is just so her. Mm -hmm. It's so, so interesting. I'm yeah. I'm just gonna go do this now. Yeah, because like you have this like really interesting like kid who's just like, I'm just gonna go out into the fulcrum and just see where this hexagonal room might be. And just, you know, pretend that I'm an origin, everything will be fine. And I'm like, this is, we have a special one here. This, this person's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so question. Although this, I feel like this is going to easily end up into like, I don't know. Um, what do you guys think of the three-way relationship between Enon, Cyanite, and Alabaster? <laughs> oh, listen, if Enon, wanted me and another person i'd be like it's okay <laughs> whatever you want Inan, whatever, whatever you, you want. like oh my god um i thought that was really interesting in the way that like because we'd seen that alabaster and cyanide like obviously like they had no love for each other in that what? way but they did like oh, yeah. respect each other and empathize with each other and so to see them like both get like to experience like love and affection mm -hmm. with like the same person was really interesting because of how different they were well I guess they were actually pretty similar when you think about it yeah. they weren't super I can't tell if they were really different or really similar 
but I, yeah, I, I was like it was that was like the happy most to see even though like cyanide and like cyanide was really antsy about things things ending um so she you know she wasn't like in the moment but it was that was like the happy moment to see them like have life and to not be used but and to be like part of a community that they wanted to be a part of yeah and I mean, pirates exactly but what i thought was so like i mean food for thought uh i hate that i just use that phrase but like just <laughs> like the idea that when they were in the fulcrum they were being used and being used as a tool and not thought of as human right but then mm-hmm. like when they were in the community like everyone really appreciated them um but there's also like this this uh in the back of their mind where people still wanted cyanide to like give birth to an origin child so that their community could mm. have like more protectors so it's like either way like their powers are what like defines them and I, I do like that they had that respite of like you know not being controlled by anyone by any guardian um what did you think I think that kind of just speaks to the reality of their world a little more because um though our focus is like origin and how they're treated we do get a little bit about like like everyone's put into a cast and they have a purpose and there is mm-hmm. such a cast as breeders like people that mm-hmm. are just used to to, to give birth which we haven't delved into a lot but i was just like mm, i like it that much <laughs> <laughs> um so i think yeah. that's kind of like more like the role of of uh not even just women but also like like even men are treated that way like depending on your your genes and how how right. you were born because there's even like a certain look that people prefer and stuff like that and if you have it yeah you're um, you're making great. babies now <laughs> oh. so that's I think so weird to think about so like oh, this, wait, in that yeah. thing that you linked me to, Annie, she talks more about it and how, mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, the people who are considered breeders, mm-hmm. the reason they want that look is because they're, like, more able to survive the seasons. Yes. Right? Like, so yeah. people, they're stockier or, like, they have more weight. They're not tall. They're tall. They have this kind of hair that protects from... Mm-hmm. From the ash. From ash, from, like, through yeah. okay, in, like, the... the the blog she's like it might even like protect them from acid rain and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and that they have like a skin color that can weather all the different like all the different conditions yeah um yeah so that was that was like an interesting that's so interesting yeah <laughs> it was like wow so and that's like part of how like this empire survived right is that the people mm-hmm. you know conquered other uh people and then survive the seasons through like selective breeding yeah part that's part of it which is like (laughs) because it like goes against you know it goes against like everything we think of as like right like you should right yeah yeah (laughs) but like we do that to them it yeah the whole purpose of existence is kind of survival and it's for just shape everything that they do even in the most horrible way, like that story about, like we hear this tale of like this, this mythical tale of like this origin mm-hmm. who wanted to destroy the world and the mm-hmm. one person that stopped them that was just like a person that, and it's kind of shows like the dynamic between origins, guardians, and then the government. And it's kind of like this lie. <laughs> 
is this lie mm-hmm. perpetrated by just everyone to create this illusion when in reality it's like, yeah, he was an origin. He wanted revenge because they ate his family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they literally hunted down his kind because they, they built a taste for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they ate his family. They ate his children. Oh, and goodness. You're just like, wow. They really spin the story in a completely different way, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about... It's like, it's all about survival. Yeah. And once you survive, it's all about keeping this like hierarchy now so it's like yeah we killed people because we needed to survive now we don't really have to but we're gonna do it anyways because now we've deemed them lesser and we just Mm -hmm. have to keep on this this track to maintain power to maintain where we are but also Um, yeah by doing that they like obviously get to control like the power of the origins who can then save them from like earthquakes and stuff but uh yeah because if, because really, if if you just think about it, and Alabaster does this like several times, it's like if you think about it, like why are we, why are like we the slaves? Why are we the ones seen as monsters? Like we literally have the power to to like control the earth, and we literally save everyone. Like the whole reason mm-hmm. people aren't dead is because of us. Right. Yeah. That we're used. Yeah. And that's kind of like a something we see in. Um, so something obvious is going to be exploited throughout the entire books as this apocalypse is coming because the whole plan is, I assume, to change the world. Mm-hmm. And when they're on their little island, like we see like a civilization where origins are the ones who rule it. They mm-hmm. run it. Everyone's grateful for them because they've been able to survive several yeah. seasons, several apocalypses because obviously if... if if there's earthquakes trying to destroy you and you have people that literally can stop that, come yeah. on. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be running things. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be, oh gosh. It just makes sense. You're like, wow. Like yeah. the only reason their world is the way it is is because a long, long time ago, people decided, <laughs> hey, we should be on top. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Your whispering is kind of creepy, but I love it. It's supposed to be. Okay. Um, anyway, not to rush you guys, but I do have to go soon, oh, yeah. so uh, I might edit this part out. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I should probably talk about the next book, unless you have any final words on the fifth season. Um, you can bring us into the next book. Yeah. So... For this month, which is what month are we in? August. <laughs> <laughs> the month of August. Yeah. It is now my turn. It and is. I have chosen a book called Vile Bodies by Evelyn Woe, I believe. That's how you pronounce her the name. Yeah, Evelyn Woe. And it seems to be kind of like this satire following a world war, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that kind of centers on this kind of this rich elite youth and just their happenings and what they're doing and it sounded interesting to me um I saw like someone online talk about it how it was like her favorite like her favorite book and it's like the book she always like recommends when someone asks her what they should read and I was like hmm what is this I haven't really I don't think I've heard of our bodies but (laughs) I think I went thank you for I brought it to you guys and you guys said yeah let's do it so we're reading it I'm excited. 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It seems fun. Mm-hmm. There's Ooh. even like a movie. There's a movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's a film. Um, and I was just like, huh, have I seen this film? Like, <laughs> it's so strange, but I haven't. So I'm going to look okay. into that as well. Okay. Yeah, Vile Bodies. That thank you, Elba. Queen Elba, thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, I guess that wraps it up. Yeah, I guess that's probably our shortest episode of all time. So um, sorry for the delay in the recording of the episode, uh, but we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you guys.